Brief disclaimer. Technical difficulties do occur. Don't look at it as noise and don't look at it as a distraction. Really listen to the richness and the meat of the message that is within this episode. Enjoy. I'm a lover of poetry and one of my favorite, favorite all-time poets is Maya Angelou. I love poetry because poetry evokes a concentrated imaginative awareness of experience or a specific emotional response through language chosen and arranged from its meaning, sound, and rhythm. Very much like music. And I'm a lover of that as well. Poetry encourages us to reflect upon the world with fresh eyes, like a reset. As we read poems, we assimilate new channels of vocabulary, and you are going to hear much of that from these two poets. Stories and feelings described by artists who crafted them in an imaginative way that sparks new insight into life. In honor of National Poetry Month, I have two of my favorite poets here today. Miss Tanika Wilder and Miss Brittany Martin. Today, you all, they will be sharing two masterful art pieces that they have written. So sit back, enjoy. You are in for a treat. Hey, I'm Kozen an intuitive life coach for women who have experienced emotional trauma in their lives. Welcome to Lifers Podcast, designed to strengthen and nurture the interior parts of you that is your inner self. Here, I and my special guest provide you with love, light, and insight. We also expand your awareness so that you can live as a healthy adult from within to create sustainable, lasting change in your life. New episodes of Life First Podcast airs bi-weekly on Sundays and is available on all major podcast platforms. Get ready to nourish your inner self. I will not be deterred or fettered with your chains of green that struggle to choke me, break me, and shake me to my core. I will not bow down to numb, crushing visual stimuli that threaten to annihilate every one of my brain cells before the height of my consciousness hits the killing floor. 
I will not pledge my allegiance to false gods who speak to me 60 seconds to a minute, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and 365 days in a year. I will deny anything that steps on top of my dignity, self-respect, and personal truth for ends and results intentionally driven by selfishness, greed, and the darkness that plagues the human spirit. I refuse to believe in a love that feels more like hate. I refuse to believe that something so essentially beautiful can be perverted and twisted to appease the will of the ego. I will continue to be the undisputed me, the misunderstood me, the questionable, is she really like this me, the spirit-loving, justice-fighting me. I will not be an imitator, imposter, or clone of an other that is unnatural to who and what I stand for. Of even more importance, I will not sell my soul to the bidder who wants to nail my misfortunes to the wall for his or her own personal gain. Knowing yourself is tantamount to loving yourself. Choose life and let God manifest. Let not this life be lived for the costly price of others, but for yourself. Saying no to you sometimes means saying yes to me. Will you be denied? Today, you all, I want you to meet Tanika Walden. Tanika, welcome to Life Herbs Podcast. Please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about you and also tell us about your last name, you all. Her last name has some very, very beautiful ancestry behind it. Hello, hello, everyone. Thank you so much, Zen, for having me on, on your podcast. My name is Tanika Lene Wilder. I am a native of the Bronx, Bronx, New York. I am a poet, writer, and author of one book, On the Precipice of Love Illuminated. I am also a swing dancer, a social worker. I wear many hats, and I wear many faces but I'm very, very passionate about uh, people, but most importantly, people growing, evolving, learning, and continuing to live their best lives from within. Uh, as Zen mentioned, my last name is Wilder. I uh, did a little bit of research and I'm still in the process of doing more, but my last name has English and Germanic origins uh, as per my maternal grandfather, uh, who passed away a few years ago. So I am definitely looking to learn much more about my family lineage and my ancestors. Taniga, I'm so, so ecstatic that you are here. And you just mentioned that you're a woman of many faces. Will you please share with us the different aspects and identities of you? Because when I coach my clients, I'm always 
mentioning this, that we have different identities, different aspects of us. We're multidimensional. We're not just one dimensional. Absolutely, Zen. I, I honestly believe that we are complex beings. And I wrote a poem about this not so long ago. I'm wovingly and wonderfully stitched together. It's a patchwork of, of many different identities within myself. But at the same time, I am this, this, enti this entity that looks from the outside like a regular human being. But I have layers, these faces, they comprise what is seen and what is not seen. Uh, I am an iceberg. And as I also wrote just recently, I am what you will call a galaxy that I feel is worthy of being discovered. As we all are galaxies worthy of being discovered. I think that there's just so much more to what a person is and is comprised of, um, but that will only entail just digging really deep to learn who that person is. I love that, Tanika. And what does being discovered mean to you? Because when I hear you say that we are all galaxies that are to be discovered, did I say that right? You put it so beautifully. Yes, you did. And the first word that comes to my mind is being curious. You have to have a curious mindset, I feel, in order to even want to discover, want to learn, want to unlearn, because there's a lot of stuff that we have to unlearn too in order to actually move along our journeys of discovery. So uh, with a curious mind and also with a youthful spirit, like uh, uh, babies or toddlers moving around their environments, uh, observing, touching, looking, uh, that's the concept in my mind that I feel would take you very far in, in really discovering who a person is. We also must be mindful of when you say that we are galaxies that are meant to be discovered, we must be mindful of who we allow right within our energy field to discover us, such as lovers, such as friends, being mindful that those people are truly people that have our best interest at heart and relationships where we support one another. So I love how you put that. And to all of you who are listening, I want you to really let that land. You are a galaxy. You, your galaxy is unique. Your galaxy is not like anybody else's galaxy and you are meant to be discovered and you're also meant to explore and discover within yourself to truly connect with you. That's what knowing thyself means. Do you understand all of the planets in your galaxy? Do you understand the temperatures, the energies within your galaxy? If you do not, then I'm here to support you in doing so.
so that you can own your power. Because Tanika, there's so much power, right, within a galaxy. You got shooting stars, you got planets moving, you got asteroids, you have no gravity. There's a lot going on up there. So I just love that analogy that you just gave. That's absolutely beautiful. Tanika, what is a life verb that you live by? I got to ask you the trademark question. This is a phrase that I created. A life verb means living in action. It's your philosophy on life that's obtained through your personal life experiences. Think of a life verb as the theme song of your life. And I'm so excited to hear yours because y'all, as you can see, Tanika gets really deep. So go ahead, Tanika. I'm so ready for this. <laughs> My life verbs in is to never sell my soul to the highest bidder. And as a matter of fact, there is no bidder because I, Tanika Lene Wilder, will never sell my soul for the price of fame, for the price of money, for social acceptance or recognition. So that is my life verb. I absolutely love that. I absolutely love that. And I'm that same way. And th these are the type of people that I love having on my podcast. People like you, Tanika. These are the type of people who, look, they want to grow and, and, and evolve and continue to expand into the more of themselves for the support of others, right? And I absolutely love that. That's beautiful. Your poem, you um, titled, I Will Not Be Denied, that you read. This is from your book, On the Precipice of Love Illuminated. That is such a unique title, Tanika. How did this title even come about, On the Precipice of Love Illuminated, I would love for you to also share not only how this came about, but also what a precipice is. I know what it is, but many of our listeners may not know the meaning of it. Thank you, Zen. The definition of a precipice is a cliff. So you think about a cliff, and if you see the cover of my book, there are mountains, there are leaves, trees, rocks, and then there is the cliff. So when we're on the precipice, we make decisions. And, the, and some of the decisions we make would probably involve, okay, should I jump to get over to the next side? Or do I stay where I'm comfortable? Because I don't know about that space down there. I don't even know if I'm going to survive. I don't know what's on the other side. I don't know if there's a bear hiding behind those trees that's going to eat me. But there comes a point in our lives when sometimes we have to jump over that cliff, over that precipice, in order to jump in to the love that is illuminated. And the type of love that is illuminated is the type of love that comes from within. Not from without, but from within. And so the poems in my book reflect a lot of my thoughts 
around different concepts of love in non-traditional, unconventional ways to actually allow our brains to jump out of those comfort zones that we may sometimes find ourselves in, to look at love, to look at success, to look at life in a different way. I love that, Tanika. I paused for a second because I was just taking some notes as you were saying that. And in my writing, I put the precipice is where you sit with your emotions. This is what came up for me when you were saying this. is where you sit with your emotions and feelings. It's where you have tea or coffee with your emotions and feelings. And that's where you are being mindful of what is being brought in to your awareness. So therefore you can make a conscious decision. That's literally what came up for me when, when you were describing precipice. You all, and just to let you know, these are the conversations that Tanika and I have. Isn't that true, Tanika? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> we literally, and you all, this is just a great example of the friendships that you want, the, re the relationships with people that you want, is when they're speaking and they're saying something, it is enlightening you. There are things and insights that are coming to you and vice versa, right? Even though Tanika and I, we don't get to talk as often as we like. And that's because when we talk, y'all, we talk. We're on the phone for hours. However, every time we reunite, it's just like we had a conversation yesterday. And I truly value that with you, Tanika, so much. That was just a little side note, you all, that I put in there. But that's what I love, these conversations that we have. Because oftentimes, and we've all experienced, Experienced it where we've had, you know, speaking of friendships, right? You've had people in your life where it's either they are just blobbing on you, like they're just unloading, 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 and unloading, or giving so much energy, and there's not that energy exchange. It's so important when it comes to relationships of any kind, how you know that you and that person are organically connecting is you have that. You have that energy exchange. It's just a harmonious flow that goes back and forth and back and forth. And from that, you're growing together, fiercely, physically, emotionally, all relationships. That's not just in relationships with lovers. That's all relationships. I love that, Tanika. I want to ask you, what is the rooting system that anchors you? What is the source point? that provides anchorage in your life. For me, mine is spirituality because it is the source point, I believe it's the source point that affects all areas of life and is the source of your beliefs, which affects your thoughts. What anchors you? What's your rooting system? Mm, I love that question. And I absolutely love our conversations as well. You already know that. But my anchor, my grounding, my foundation definitely comes from spirit, my elevated ancestors, my spirit guides. Whenever I encounter a challenge in my life, 
I'll have a conversation with them. Even if I'm not going through anything or growing through anything, I'm still in conversation with them. Because without them and without spirit guiding me in my life, my life would be incomplete. Um, I can think of many, 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 many times where I've literally been saved by spirit, by my visions, by my gifts. And, you know, if anyone knows me well enough, they'll know that above anything and everything, this comes first. My spiritual development, my spiritual foundation, and giving honor, gratitude, and thanks uh, for spirit every single day. So that's what anchors me. We are womb and black owned and operated herbal apothecary with a simple mission, healing our communities one being at a time. We are the Highlands. I'm Rue. And I'm Akila, and we are Highland Spices, the Herbal Sanctuary. We specialize in handcrafting herbal remedies and spiritual tools to help shift and pioneer the healing taking place among our people. Our mission is simple, to heal our communities one being at a time. Here, we will teach you to plant seeds for your higher self. Here, you will find tools to no longer search outside of yourself for answers already within. You will learn to search your own gardens and to weed out what no longer serves you. You will find informational blogs, herbal remedies, inspired thinking, working rituals, medicinal medicines, goddess lamps, classes, hands-on programs, community building, and much more. Here at the sanctuary, we will plant, weed, toil, blossom, and harvest together as one body carrying one mission to heal and wholeness. We, we invite, invite you to, to take, take this journey, journey with us. us. For those wanting to make the choice to start healing today, enjoy a 15% off coupon by using the code wholeness44. That's W-H-O-L-E-N-E-S-S-4-4. Visit our shop and allow Holland Spices to show you nature's way. We'll, we'll see, see you at, at the sanctuary. Ease your aches and soothe your discomforts with doTERRA's top-selling deep blue essential oil blend of wintergreen, camphor, peppermint, and blue tansy to provide a comforting sensation of cooling and warmth. Click the link in the show notes to learn more. One of my favorite poets is Maya Angelou, as I stated earlier. And she has a poem that's titled Human Family. And a portion of that poem states this. I note the obvious differences between each sort and type, but we are more alike, my friends, than we are unalike. We are more alike, my friends, than we are unalike. Many of you may be familiar with um, that last stanza of the poem because it actually was on a commercial. And with that being said, I believe that we are all connected and one thing that I believe that connects us is our life experiences. Tanika, I would love for you to summarize for us a difficult moment that has occurred in your life 
and how you have created long lasting change. That is, how did you make it stick so that you could achieve the desired outcome? One of the more painful and challenging moments of my life was April 5th, 2020. And it was when my father and my uncle passed away within hours of each other. And I would just repeat that by saying they passed away within hours of each other. So in essence, it was a double transition in the same day. And this was during a time where COVID was running wild and rampant in these New York streets. We were really at the height, height of it. And we were also in lockdown. So the process of burying someone or funerals, everything was just changed and different and jarring. It was a turning point in my life because I never knew what strength was until I experienced what I experienced. And right now, and just thinking about it, it brings tears to my eyes because it's something to not only lose your uncle, but to also lose your father. And I had to learn new coping skills. All of the coping skills that I had prior to went out the window in the face of what I had to endure during that time. And I had to endure it mostly by myself because, again, we were in lockdown. So we weren't allowed to see our family. We weren't allowed to embrace each other the way we would during normal times. So in essence, that was my dark night of the soul. But what I learned from it all was that my father and my uncle helped me to see and transform what it really means to die. My definition of death now is not along the lines of how the larger society sees death, but now I use transition because my father and my uncle have just moved to another place, another plane. So in the process of them moving to another plane, it has taught me to actually let go, but let go in the sense that, okay, they, they're still here with you but they're still here with you spiritually, not physically. And one day you will actually be where they are right now. But this is just a transition. This is just them wearing new clothes. And they're still very much present, still very much alive. And understanding that has helped me to also bring solace to others who have also gone through uh, some traumatic events in their lives as well, definitely in regard to the transitioning of their loved ones. First, I wanna say my condolences to you 
I can relate. And I know how difficult it is to lose loved ones, have loved ones transition in such a close proximity of time to one another. And yours was the same day. Wow. You know, during COVID, People were also not able to even say goodbye to the physical shell of the person, right? Of the loved one. I want to ask you, Tanika, because you had mentioned about strength. Where did you find that strength? Because I'm sure there's those who are listening who are like, but where did you find that? Where did you find that? I can honestly say that around that time, I was very angry. I was very angry at my ancestors. I was very angry at spirit because before the transitions occurred, I already knew. I already knew. I knew in my spirit that something was going to turn. And I was angry because I wanted spirit to prove me wrong. And I went to my altar and I prayed and I cried. And I said, please do not, you know, take my father. Please don't take my uncle. But I knew that within my tears, it was all for naught because my spirit was telling me they are going to transition here. They weren't coming home. So it took me a while to actually navigate through those difficult feelings. And what helped me the most was that I had to reach out to ask my my closest friends for support to make a phone call on my behalf when lots of funeral homes were overburdened or to just be available if I needed someone to talk to at three o'clock in the morning and couldn't sleep, to learn how to breathe in a different way, to learn how to get used to sleeping at night again, to putting on cartoons at two o'clock in the morning because I couldn't sleep in my own bed or having using the bathtub and water as a safe haven. But what ultimately brought me over the hill was when my father came to me and I knew he was going to come to me And when I brought his ashes home, two days before his birthday, because he wanted to be home. And that brought me some solace. That brought me closure because I knew I was going to see my dad again. And he did see me. I did see him. And he spoke to others through me. And I saw him personally in a vision in my dreams. 
And so, and when he came, he came with my maternal grandmother and I was so, so happy. And I knew then that he was in very, very good hands. And that's all I wanted for him. And he did tell me that he was sorry because I didn't get a chance to say goodbye to my father. You know, he passed away in the hospital and we weren't allowed to see him. But in knowing that he was now in good hands and getting used to his new residence, I had so many questions for him and I was excited for him because he was no longer suffering here on this planet. And he was with my grandmother and my other loved ones, as well as my uncle as well. Tanika, I want to thank you, not only for just being here today, but I want to thank you for going back to that memory. Because you all, that's what healing is. Healing is remembering. And that's why we say that healing is a journey, because we're always going to remember. And it's not easy going back to that memory because there were so many emotions and feelings that were tied to it, especially when it comes to grief. So Tanika, I want to thank you. Thank you so much for being open and transparent because your message today really, really spoke to so many people. Please let my listeners know where they can connect with you, where they can purchase your your poetry books, share all of this amazing information. And you all, all the information that she is sharing right now will be located in the show notes as a reference point for you. Thank you so much, Zen. Thank you, thank you, thank you. My book is on amazon.com. Again, the title is On the Precipice of Love Illuminated. And I can be found on Instagram at T Brown Boogie Down because I'm from the Bronx. <laughs> and I look forward to connecting with the community in beautiful and bountiful ways. And listeners, Tanika means that from her heart. She is a woman who truly lives by what she says. So please feel free to reach out to her. You all. Tanika shared so many amazing insights from her own experience. And I want to impart into you this today. And I want you to let this land, allow this to land for you. How you move forward from someone that you love who's transitioned. And when I say moving forward, I mean how you live in this new reality without their presence in the tangible form. Because just like Tanika stated, they may not be here in the physical, but they are here in the spiritual. And in my experience, you can have even more of a connection with them spiritually 
than in the tangible. However, you will always miss that warm embrace, that hug, talking with them on the phone. But what it is, is that you're just having to adjust in another way. But moving forward does not mean forgetting. Oh no, it actually means remembering even more. And how you get to the place where you're able to move forward is reframing your belief around death. Unlearning how death has been taught to you and really looking at it from a lens of it's a transitioning. And now they are communicating to you from the spiritual realm. And that means that you just have another loved one in your arena that is cheering for you, that is rooting for you, and that is communicating directly to source on your behalf. So I ask you this today, how will you reframe your mind around grief, around death, and how will you choose to move forward in your life today? This poem is called Self-Love. Deep, deep down, I feel passion so much I drown. Passion for love of and love is. To be in love with myself, so hard to dig in anyways. There are so many things I wish I could change. Maybe because I feel so strange. Maybe not strange, but out of the ordinary, which could mean I'm extraordinary. To believe I'm extraordinary, well, that would take time. For me to see my beauty, to believe I'm divine. It's mind boggling though, you see because I feel I could be so in love with him, but so out of love with me. How could that be? Why does this occur? I want to love me more. Come on, let's do a tour. A tour of my mind, body, and soul, hoping to unfold the mystery of the love within. Going so deep, so deep in waters, I'm unsure I can swim in. But the beauty of self-love is the discovery of me. The me before opinions matter, before comparisons left me shattered. The me that embraces love from others and doesn't feel that it's too smothered. The me that loves the things unconditionally about myself that I cannot change. And the me that loves me enough to exchange. Exchange the negative for positive into transfer of good energy, good vibes. Vibes that love and explore the beauty galore. Deep, deep down, where I still feel that passion so much I drown. But oh, I found a boat to keep me afloat. So afloat that I'm aware. So much that I stare in the mirror, of course, at myself, applauding that young woman who made it out to death. Not only has she learned to love herself, she has found her worth. Now realizing it's been going up since birth. Oh, but a queen may always adjust her crown. Just as long as she doesn't let that shit hit the ground. So that was... Self-love for poetry for people like me, part one, okay? All right, and so we're going to now listen to an excerpt. I'm going to read an excerpt from Poetry for People Like Me, part two. 
The poem I'm going to read out of this one is called, What Does Black History Month Mean to Me? So here we go. What does Black History Month mean to me? It means more than a month to tell his story. You see, the history of my people can't be celebrated in just one month. It can't be minimized by a Trump. It can't be undermined by a society that looks at us and gets anxiety. So then again, I'll ask myself, what does Black History Month mean to me? It means showing the world who runs this shit. It means celebrating Michael Jordan and Michael Vick. It means studying my roots and being hip to my hop, understanding how even without weapons, I intimidate a cop. It means giving my thanks to Malcolm and Martin Luther King for letting freedom ring. It means expressing the real and true like Maya Angelou. It means standing up for what I believe. It means no excuses until I achieve. It means I don't back down from a fight. It means pushing through with all my might. It means teaching those who may not know that us black folks been stole the show. We been that sneak attack. Didn't see it coming. We rise to the occasion every time. Like Rosa Parks, you can't just put me in the back of the line. Or the bus or the plane. For all my fallen beautiful black children of God, say their name. Black History Month means so much to me. It's important to share my identity. It's important to be reminded of all the greatness we as a people have done and how we body that shit like it's nothing. And still can have fun. From Langston Hughes Blues to the public enemy, there's no doubt in my mind I come from loyalty. I fixed my crown right over my locks, but I'll never look down on a good bone straight. Madam C.J. Walker made sure the girl's hairs were laid. My black history, oh, what it means to me. To begin to describe in a month's time would be asinine. It'd be jam-packed and missing some facts. I think we need a year, my dear, or maybe 400 of them. <laughs> oh, and reparations, too, because of all the shit we've done for you. Now we settled for a month and a short one at that. So if you ask me, we need our money back. So again, when they ask what Black History Month means to me, it means celebrating my Black ancestry, but not for a month, for a lifetime. Our kind is divine. Don't let that slip your mind. That was from Poetry for People Like Me, part two, and that was what does Black History Month mean to me. Both of these books can be purchased um, on my website, www.byuacademy.com. Um, and you can also purchase them on Amazon.com if you type in my first and last name. Next, we have another one of my favorite poets, you all. I'm so excited. Brittany Martin is in the virtual space today. Brittany, introduce yourself to the listeners. Yes. Hi, you guys. So my name is Brittany Martin. I am a published author of three poetry books currently. Um, one is a children's poetry book and the other two are for us. So I'm from Marietta, Georgia, born and raised. Um, I am <laughs> a philanthropist as well. You know what I'm saying? I do some nonprofit work. I have my own foundation. Let's get into this amazing foundation that you have founded and talk about the successes of the foundation. So yes, she's a published author. I also would like for you to speak on the amazing children's book. Y'all, this children's book that she read 
and the inspiration behind it. Because you do a lot of great things. You just being modest. It's okay. Well, thank you. So with the um, foundation, it's called Build Yourself Up Academy. Um, that is something that I started. It was actually just a clothing brand. I started that in like 2015. And then it quickly transitioned into a nonprofit because I just wanted to put that purpose to action. Like, you know, with the, with the name of my brand being Build Yourself Up, the t-shirts were great. I felt like it was like a walking inspiration. That was what that, that, that was the goal that I was trying to reach with that. Um, and so after I realized how much of just the shirts were making an impact, like, wow, people would just get inspired just by seeing Build Yourself Up on their shirt or on their wristband. Then I was like, okay, well, how can I really just like dig a little deeper? Like, I want to, I want to make more of an impact. I want to see how I can bring resources to the community. That's kind of where the nonprofit uh, piece came in. Um, I went to grad school at UWG, University of West Georgia, Go Bulls. And uh, while I was there, <laughs> I was able to, you know, connect with a lot of people and get a lot of people involved. Um, I started doing like events and stuff on campus that were helpful to the students there. And I felt like it would be cool to continue that once I graduated um, and bring that to, you know, my community. So that's kind of what I did. I started doing um, events here in Marietta, Atlanta areas on financial literacy, on entrepreneurship. Uh, we just had an event on life insurance and IRA accounts, just like understanding what those mean and how to get access to that and like how you can build generational wealth with those things. Um, so just like, you know, bringing resources to the community. We have a scholarship right now that we're going to award to three high school students graduating this year. But yeah, so we've got some great things coming ahead for Build Yourself Up. But just, you know, I just want to inspire. I just want people to feel like they can do anything they put their minds to. I want people to live their lives to their fullest, fullest potential. Um, and in a way, this is all helping me to be able to live my life to my fullest potential. So I feel like, you know, I'm, I can help and be helped simultaneously. So yeah, that's a little bit about Build Yourself Up. So Brittany. The listeners may want to get involved with Build Yourself Up. So how can they get involved, one, if they're local, and then two, if they're not local, because we have people who listen to this podcast all over the globe. So how can they get involved or contribute to Build Yourself Up? So um, if you're local, that's awesome. We have some things coming up. We would love to have volunteers. We have a volunteer um, sign up on our website, www.byuacademy.com. So if you're ever in the Marietta, Atlanta areas and you're looking for some volunteer work or want to come out and help us, we would absolutely love to have you. Um, as far as uh, donating or anybody that is not here that's um, in another state or in another country, you can follow us on Instagram. You can follow us on Facebook. You can um, post, repost, share anything that you see that you are interested in, that you like that we do. Um, share the word, spread the word. Um, you can also uh, purchase one of our one of my poetry books if that's something that you would like to do. Um, you can donate to our scholarship um, by visiting our website as well. There is a donation link if you click on the um, B B Y K scholarship tab. Um, there's a way that you can donate there to our scholarship fund. So. There's a lot of ways that you guys can be involved, um, but definitely start by giving us a follow on Instagram, you know, shouting us out, checking out our website. Um, and yeah, and we we respond back. We're very interactive with anybody that is supporting us. Excellent, Brittany. You all the build yourself up. 
nonprofit is absolutely amazing. It is something that I take part in myself. So be sure to shout them out. You know, we really got to get more behind our nonprofits, you all. We really got to get more behind our nonprofits. Before I go into my next question, Brittany, I do want to ask you, in regards to me saying that, that we really have got to get more behind our nonprofits, how does that resonate with you? From someone who has founded a nonprofit, for someone who is the CEO, basically, of a nonprofit organization, how does that phrase resonate with you? Do you feel that's accurate? I do. I feel like nonprofits do need more support. I feel like there is a lot of support out here for us, but, um, you know, we could definitely use a little bit more support as it as it relates to the community, um, you know, support. I That's my personal opinion. I feel like um, we can gather some more people um, to put behind the organizations that will come out and, you know, receive the resources and stuff like that. That would be helpful, as well as, you know, people sponsoring nonprofit organizations. I feel like there could be more of that um, because, you know, we're just trying to do great things for the community. So it's just, you know, we would love to have more backing for sure. For sure. Thank you so much for answering that. Now, Brittany, I would love for you to talk about the children's book that you created because you all the story behind the inspiration of this book is absolutely phenomenal. If you have kids, I would highly recommend for you to get this book for them. You could really even get this book for your young teenagers, right? Like your pre-teens, right? Because, well, she'll tell you why. Because of the age that it expands around, but it is absolutely amazing. Brittany, please talk about this book, one of my favorites. Yes, so the children's book, The Little Monarchs of the World, um, that is, um, it's a children's poetry book. So, you know, I had to put a little poetry flavor on there um, to make it like a song so that when the kids read it, it's fun um, and it's upbeat. And the cool thing about the children's book is that I dedicated, I actually, I want to say dedicated, but like I was inspired by the little people in my family. Um, and so they have, they're all featured in the book. So all of the kids are actually kids that I know that either I'm related to or they're like my best friend's kids or something like that. Um, so I thought that that was a great touch. And this is something that all those kids can keep forever. They all have a copy of the book and they can have it and keep it forever. And um, each poem that's written is written specifically in tune for that particular kid. So it's very true. It's very like detailed as far as like their personalities. So yeah, it's a really good read too. It's super cute. So you just recited the poem Self-Love, and then you recited the poem What Does Black History Month Mean to Me? Now, you all, when you listen to this, we'll be out of Black History Month, but hey, look, we're going to bring it in year-round. Okay? It don't just stop in February, but I absolutely love it. Please share with us the inspiration behind these poems, the significance. For self-love, um, I wrote that in like 2017, I believe. Um, and that was, you know, for me, I use poetry as a therapeutic type of thing. So like, I probably was feeling like that at the time and I just wanted to express it. 
And so I feel like that poem kind of just, it reminds me of who I am. It, it's like a, it's a poem that was meant to remind you of who you are. Like, and to remind you that self-love is the best love and that you have to start there. So it just kind of made me reflect. I was very reflective of like how I, how much love I was showing myself and how much love I was showing others and kind of like, you know, who am I? Like, hold up, let me um dust myself off real quick, get myself together because, <laughs> wait a minute, I almost forgot who I was for mm-hmm. a second. So it's kind of like one of those, you know, that's why that last, that last bar, you know, it's okay if your, if your crown, you know what I'm saying, gets a little tilted or whatever, just straighten it on up and get, and get back to doing you, get back to you. Okay. So, and that's a tough, that could be a tough transition. That could be a journey that looks like it looks different for everybody. But so that was kind of where I was coming from with that. And I felt like people could relate to it. I love it. I love it you all and i encourage you all to because that poem is in the first poetry book mm-hmm. correct i encourage you all to purchase that book many of you who listen to life first podcast you love affirmations both all of her poetry books the part one the part two and even the children's book they're all great affirmational books introduce your kids to affirmations right Speak to who you, who you are. I believe that you should have a power statement. Some people call it affirmation for yourself daily. Your daily mantra that you are saying because that's a part of manifestation. Hey y'all, Pink Lady here. I'm a podcast producer, director, coach, and host. And I want to tell you all about my production company. Pink Lady Productions. We collaborate with creatives like you who are driven to share your message by launching your podcast from A to Z and coaching you through the process. To learn more about our services, check out our website at pinkladyprod.com. That's P-I-N-K-L-A-D-Y-P-R-O-D.com. Hey, it's Coach Zen. I'm an intuitive life coach for women who have experienced emotional trauma in their lives. What's emotional trauma, you ask? Here's some examples. Sexual trauma, low self-confidence, being gaslit, trauma in the workplace, and the list goes on and on. Think of me as a human compass guiding you on how to rediscover, redirect your life and own your power. I have been trained and mentored by the best of the absolute best. And I work with women who are on their healing journey or who are looking to start their journey I also built a phenomenal community of women. They are women of the same spirit and they're dedicated to living within their higher self by doing the inner work. These women are actively, as we speak, creating the life and outcomes that they want. 
We are a community that has a powerful virtual bond to support one another. And it's called the Women's Circle. So if you're ready to create sustainable change in your life, by either joining my community or scheduling an individual coaching call with me, then visit www.lifeverbs with an S podcast.com. That is L I F E V E R B S P O D C A S T. Blessings and abundance. Now let's discuss. The other part, what does Black history mean to me? What I love about this poem, I'm just going to keep it real. It's not mundane. You know, Black History Month, we are a very seasoned, flavorful culture. Absolutely. Right? And sometimes I feel, you all listeners, don't don't get me wrong here, but... I just don't believe that we flavor it up enough. Some folks do not flavor it up enough, right? As far as, you know, I just love how your poem has some flair to it. Yeah. It has salt. It had culture in it. So let's go ahead and speak to us about the inspiration of that poem. Yeah, for sure. So um, I actually wrote that poem last year Black, around Black History Month. Um, because I entered that poem into a poetry contest. Um, I didn't win, but that's okay. And so I was inspired by the current events that were happening. Um, mm. I was inspired by just just knowing who I am and where I come from and like the power of my lineage, like and just being a black woman in America, like and you know what I'm saying? I just felt like with everything that was going on, I wanted to write a piece that really was expressive of, you know, what Black History Month really meant to me. Like, mm-hmm. let's break it down into layman's terms. Into and I won't even say layman's terms. Let's break it down into, like, so you can feel me. Like, yeah. I want to break it down to where you can feel me. Like, I don't that have energy to... energy resonates. Yeah. Um... I wanted it to be able to resonate with, you know, all people, but especially, you know, the 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 people of my culture. Like I I wanted them to be able to like, yeah, I, I feel you, like tap into that. Um and so that's kind of what that where where the inspiration came from. You know, twenty twenty was it was I actually wrote it in twenty twenty. And that was a hard year for us. You know, that was like the year, the second year of COVID. And it was just a lot going on, you know? It was a lot of police brutality in the year 2020. I mean, it's always police brutality, but it was just very, like, it was a lot, a lot going on. And so, yeah, all of those things, in a nutshell, inspired me to write that poem. Yeah, it was a lot of um, intense energy, a lot of traumatic energy mm-hmm. in 2020 um, for Black people. Because, yes, like you said, Brittany, police brutality has been happening. But it's like this year, it was just like back to back to back to back to back. And it was so intense. Like, it it was just, woo, yeah, it, it was something. It was something. Brittany, 
What is a life verb that you live by? There's a quote that I started build yourself up with. And it says, when life hands you rocks, make a rocket ship. That is, that is what I live by because for me, that means, you know, it's just like when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. Except when life hands you rocks and you make a rocket ship, that's a little bit, that's, that's a little, um, exaggerated a little bit, but it's not. It's kind of like a, you know, a way for you to understand that you can do anything you put your mind to. If God gave you rocks and you want to make a rocket ship, well, by golly, you make you a rocket ship. However you make that rocket ship with those rocks is how is how you make it. It's still going to be a rocket ship. So that is something that I live by, that we go by, to build yourself up. Um, yeah, I would say that would be my life first. Life first. I love that. It's so activating. Right? Because build yourself up. You are charging yourself up to expand into the more of you and beyond because that's untapped. So I'm thinking about the rocks in a rocket ship because rocks, what? They sit there. Right? They don't talk. Okay? They don't move unless something moves them, right? But taking that rock and building that rocket ship so you can just take off and you can just soar. I love it. girl. Mm, I love it. Now, Brittany, what is your rooting system? What is the rooting system that anchors you? I I believe in God. I'm a, my family, my support system. I am like a I try to be positive, just remaining positive um, and striving to be a better me every day. It kind of keeps me grounded. Uh, I try to, you know, I pray every day. I ask God for the same things all the time. <laughs> and And, you know, I just try to stay close to my family and Stay grounded. I feel like those things are important. Um, that's like the rooting part. It's like keeping me grounded in foundation. I'm praying. I am manifesting and acting as well, making sure that I'm following up with my actions, you know, putting my best foot forward, trying to be a better person every day. That's really all that I can do so that I don't overwhelm myself because I know how much I can accomplish and I know, you know, how far I can go and it's like mind boggling, but it's like, you have to take it one day at a time and just remain grounded. And, you know, don't forget where you're getting all that power from where, and, and, and like, just continue to pray and continue to thank God for everything that I have. Be grateful, show, express gratitude. All of those things I feel like are like my rooting. I love how you stated, I pray but I also act on my prayer. Mm -hmm. That's huge. Because you can pray, pray, pray all day, every hour, every second of the day, every moment, but if you don't act on it, so what does that look like? What does that look like? Because I believe there are many who do pray, 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 pray. There are some who act, y'all. I'm not saying nobody acts on it. But I believe we got a lot of people who are prayers and not doers of the prayer. Okay. So, Brittany, what does that look like? So, this is, I pray, I ask God to help me to reach my fullest potential. And, you know, that's, that's pretty uh, general. But, I ask, I 
ask him to um, help me to fight temptation, help me to be a better person every day. And so with those things like that, like, for example, fighting temptation, I literally, my subconscious, because I pray about it so much, anytime that I'm in the face of temptation, I have a thought. And I have, and at that moment, I have to make a decision. Um, I have to make a decision on whether I'm going to try to be a better person every day, like what I said, like what I've been praying and asking for, and try to fight temptations, like what I've been talking to God about. And so it's like I have a moment there where I have to take that action or else it's just going to keep going and keep going. I'm going to keep falling to temptation. I'm going to keep not putting my best foot forward if I don't, at least when the time comes, if I don't act accordingly. You have to act accordingly when the time comes. You have to follow up with yourself. If you say, hey, I want to write a book. Okay, the book is not going to get written just because you said that. You have to put you know what i'm saying put the action in you got to start your list okay what do i need to do first to make sure that i'm doing this correctly or to make sure that i'm walking in my purpose and following the path that you know has been provided for me trying to make sure that i'm doing everything that i need to be doing to get to where i say i want to go or to get the things that i'm asking for like i have to show up for myself i have to show up i have to act like that's what i want if that's what i'm asking for if that's what i really want you have to act like being true to your own word. Yes. Instead of just speaking it, just to speak it, actually putting some motion, some momentum into it. And it basically sounds like to me that prayer supports you in reframing your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that forward motion, right? Onward, like you see above this whole onward series. And that means that you continue moving without any pause or any halt. So it seems like for you, that prayer supports you within that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. It, it keeps you accountable in a way. Mm-hmm. Right? It keeps you accountable. I love, that. I love that, Brittany. Oh, I love that. I love that. Brittany, how did you get started in poetry? And how have you evolved? Well, what we saw, I love how you showed that. With your first book and the second book, you can see how you evolve, but I would love for you to just give more details in regards to that. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I actually started writing poetry when I was probably in third grade. Um, I still have like poems from third, fourth, fifth grade that my mom has kept. Um, and my first, well, no, I won't even say my first poetry open mic. It was in high school. I was in 11th grade. But even before that, I would write poems and like when people would pass away in my family, they would reach out to me and say, Brittany, can you write a poem to put in the obituary? I probably wrote like three or four poems for obituaries at a young age just because, you know, one, I I knew the people and I could express, you know, how I felt about that person accurately. And it was in a way that everybody could relate to in in the connection to the the person that passed away. so, and and it started to be like requests, like people would ask me to do it. Um, and so from there, I just kept writing. Like I said, it was kind of a therapeutic type of thing for me. Um, I didn't have a problem expressing myself just regularly, but I liked being creative with how I expressed myself. Um, and so that's kind of where that came from. And then, yeah, when I had my first open mic in 11th grade, I was terrified. Um, but that kind of 
opened the door for me a little bit because people received it well. And then I entered into a poetry contest and I got into like another round for my poem. Um, I didn't win, but I was like a semifinalist. And so, you know, just a bunch of different things on top of each other. But when I actually decided to make the poetry book, that was kind of random, to be honest. It was like three years ago when I decided that I wanted to do it. And to be honest with you, I was like in a place in my life where I I was like, I need to make more money, right? So then I was like thinking about all the things that I do already. Like, how can I capitalize off of something that I'm good at, that I like to do, that I'm passionate about? And I think that that's something that people should think about all the time. It's always something that you're naturally just good at that you can capitalize off of for yourself and for others. It's not like, you know, I just wanted to do it for the money. I kind of wanted to make sure it was something I was passionate about um, so that I could continue to do it. But so I went and I found, I had already written like over 20 poems. So I just went and went through them and picked the ones that I felt like were like, okay, I like that. That still applies. That's still relevant. And then I threw a couple of new ones in there. And I said, you know what? I'm about to put me a book together. And I started doing some research on how I could publish my own book because it's very expensive to have someone publish for you. Um, so I started doing my research. I started figuring out how I could, you know, self-publish on Amazon. I mean, I just started doing the work. I started doing the work. After I wrote it down, I said, I'm going to write me a poetry book by this date. I wrote a date and a deadline. I said, that's when I'm going to do it by. And I just kept checking on my date. Sometimes I would have to push the date out, but it doesn't get erased. Um, and so it's just, it could get pushed out, but it doesn't get erased. And so I just kept working at it. And that's kind of how the, the first one came. And of course, you know, once you get a roll on something, it's like come on with it's right after that <laughs> i love how you said it got pushed out but it didn't get erased yeah. i made some adjustments right i had a plan that's why it's so important to have a plan set it adjustments will occur i always say you got to think of it as building a building when that building is being built there are going to be adjustments such as the materials and different things that you had planned for, but you didn't erase it. You didn't completely stop it and just say, this is not going to happen. Right. right? That's mindset. And I love how you said how your family, this is what I took from what you said, how your family nurtured and fertilized your gifts. The fact that they reached out to you and supported you within that, the fact that they saw Brittany has a gift with writing poetry, which you have many, but one of your gifts, right? He has a gift for writing poetry. So we're going to reach out to her to write within the obituaries a poem. All parents who are listening to this episode right here, I encourage you to nurture and fertilize your children's gifts. If it is something that you're that you're not about, as long as it's love and light and it's furthering the world, that's great. But if it's something that you don't understand or something that you have your own narrative wrapped up around, really do some self-reflection and get to the root of where that's stemming from. Because as we close, Brittany, 
I would love for you to share how did that empower you? It empowered me because like, and I think this is why I do what I do because I was empowered. Um, mm -hmm. And it was things that like that, like just them supporting me and recognizing the talent, like in watering, like, wow. Okay. She has a way with words at a young age. Okay. Um, let's see how we can expand upon that. How can, how can we help her to really like tap into that? Um, and I feel like literally that is what we do with build yourself up. Literally. It's like, what can we do to help you tap into that fullest potential? Like, and I think that practicing it, it helps you to do it on your own. It's like, once I, I got the support, it made me confident. It was like, okay. And then I started to reach out and want to do stuff. Then I was like, for my high school graduation, uh, we could speak at our like little convocation ceremony. And so I decided to do a poem there. Um, and then after that, you know, just continuing to put myself out there and really just, you know, tap into that because that was something that I really like to do that I'm really passionate about. So I feel like that's a very important factor. I love that, Brittany. I love that. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank you for having me. You all witnessed two inspirational women who utilized their gift of poetry to propel them forward. So I ask you today, how will you utilize your gifts and talents to propel you forward? What will you choose today to create in your life? That's it. love to hear from you. Visit my website, www.lifeverbswithaspodcast.com to let me know how this podcast episode activated you today. Send in your life verb, the rooting system that anchors you, and any questions that you would like to be answered. Be sure to like and review this podcast wherever you listen to it. To learn more about my personal coaching services for women, to join the Women's Circle, which is a virtual, supportive, uplifting, and empowering group of women who meet monthly from all over the globe, and to receive my quarterly newsletter, visit my website, www.lifeverbswithanspodcast.com Contact me on Instagram at symbol lifeverbs with an S podcast. All this information is located in the show notes. Always remember to keep your soul hydrated and your spirit fortified.